You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Today, we're going to be diving into all things gut health with a lot of gut specific questions that were asked via social media. I had a question box up a few weeks ago. And so we're going to be diving into a lot of different gut health topics today, and especially specific ones that you guys asked over on my Instagram. So to start off, the first question is about dealing with histamine intolerances in the gut. And I think what this person might be referring to is maybe if they have sensitivities with eating certain foods or maybe eating histamines or body doesn't process it. So there's a few different reasons for why that can be. Sometimes if you eat maybe fermented foods or foods higher in histamines, your body doesn't maybe respond super well. So although fermented foods can be lovely, I love sauerkraut, kimchi, all the things, maybe you don't process it super well. It could be an issue with the DAO enzyme that helps your body break down histamine. Um, so if this is maybe more of a new thing for you, it might not be the enzyme, but if you've always had an issue doing that, it it very well could be an issue with the Dow enzyme, which you can definitely help support. Seeking health has like a Dow enzyme support, or there's histo X. Um, there's just, there's different kind of like histamine herbs. Quercetin is obviously really good for histamine. That's why it's so good for allergy season, but we obviously don't want to have to sometimes rely on taking something at every meal. So if this is something more new that you have been experiencing, maybe it could be from potential inflammation in your gut that now your gut is being a little bit more sensitive to some of these different types of things. So in the meantime, it wouldn't be a bad idea to minimize the histamine foods or foods that potentially you get symptoms from while at the same time trying to heal because if there's pathogens or um, bacteria, like any type of dysbiosis or imbalance that could be going on, that can also make you a little bit more prone to histamines. I see that sometimes with parasites. And so sometimes when people are able to clear a lot of those things, it really does drastically reduce the inflammation response that people are noticing. Caitlin Daly asks tips on recovering from gastritis. So gastritis is itis means inflammation and gastro is your stomach. So essentially stomach inflammation. So I really like super soothing foods that are going to really heal a lot of that gut lining. So aloe vera juice is a go-to favorite bone broth, glutamine, and aloe is really cool because it's something that you can take pretty consistently. And it, it honestly is very helpful for people who struggle with reflux and stuff, which I'm going to get to because I had a question on reflux, but it's it's really beneficial. If the gastritis was due to H. pylori, you definitely want to make sure that the H. pylori was addressed as well. But if you have been able to figure out the root cause and address the root cause, and now you're just working on getting your gut back to a place where you can reduce the inflammation naturally. Just think of all the different anti-inflammatory foods that help to deal with inflammation, like curcumin or turmeric. Ginger is really great. You can do both of those in a tea form if you feel like that's easier or spice and adding it frequently to your foods. 
aloe vera juice, like I said, is absolutely wonderful, especially if you are getting any type of residual reflux. Make sure that you are consuming good forms of probiotics, especially if you did have to go on any type of antibiotic for any type of a treatment. You want to make sure that you're able to restore and replenish that microbiome and that flora. Next question is any amount of blood in your stool concerning or a bit isn't cause for immediate panic. I mean, if you can visibly see blood in your stool, I mean, it's definitely something that I would make sure is addressed. Sometimes when you can see it, it's to the point where it depends too, because if it's super bright red, that means that whatever's going on, it's more distal in your GI tract versus if it's more of like a brownish blood, that's, that's an issue that's a little bit further up through the digestive tract because then the blood's going to oxidize as it goes through. So I've had people panic because if they had maybe a stomach bug or ate something that didn't agree with them and then they had some like extreme urgency and there was a little bit of blood in their stool just from having a pretty violent bowel movement, obviously that's not something I'm as concerned about because that's not something that's happening regularly. But if you do feel like you're noticing blood in your stool regularly, it's something that, that you just would want to make sure that everything is fine. You want to rule out any other types of issues or things like that because, no, that I it's definitely not normal. Definitely something that you'd want to look into a little bit more. How can I treat acid reflux without medication? Acid reflux is something that I see a lot, and a lot of times the way that we treat it conventionally is absolutely horrible. People are on proton pump inhibitors for years. You're only supposed to be on PPIs for up to six months because they drastically reduce your stomach acid and they have tons of links with malabsorption because when your stomach acid is weak, you're not properly breaking down your food and you can become severely deficient in B vitamins, especially B12. And so the problem with that too is a lot of issues with acid reflux aren't actually due to the fact that you make too much acid. It feels like you make too much acid, but you actually make less acid. And I can, I'll explain that because I get that that's confusing. Like you're feeling acid come up through your esophagus. So you, you know that you make it, but it's weaker. And so what that means is when people have weak stomach acid, it's not triggering to their esophageal sphincter that kind of closes off the gastric juices to your esophagus, it's not triggering that to close. And so when you have weak stomach acid, that valve can remain open and then acid can come up through that. And that's where you're feeling, obviously that's still strong acid feel, and that's not very fun. So how can you strengthen stomach acid? Well, uh, maybe you are deficient in B vitamins, maybe especially B12. We need B12 to make our stomach acid. Maybe you are super stressed when you're eating. Maybe you are drinking a ton of liquids around your meal because obviously things that are more basic or neutral are going to dilute an acid, right? Neutrality or bases dilute an acid. Like that's just common, common chemistry. And so um, a lot of times people's stomach acid can be super weak because they've taken things over the counter like Tums or, you know, even think people think that they're benign, but taking those things regularly are not good for your stomach acid production. And that's why a lot of times apple cider vinegar can be helpful in a lot of cases. Definitely dilute it. I like diluting a few, uh, even just starting with a tablespoon first with just a few ounces of water to see how you meal, uh, see how you do before or after a meal. Back to aloe vera juice. This is one of my go-to 
remedies for healing people's inflammation that they might have throughout their esophagus because of constant reflux, but it also helps to really heal um, that whole GI lining and also helps to kind of prevent it in the future. But the reason apple cider vinegar works is because it balances your stomach acid and makes it more potent. And so when your stomach acid is healthy, you no longer have reflux anymore. And you obviously have to look at things that you're doing in diet. Are you drinking a lot of carbonated beverages or sodas or processed foods? How much liquid you're drinking with a meal? How stressed are you with a meal? Previous antibiotic use. Obviously, H. pylori can definitely cause issues with reflux. And so H. pylori is a bacteria that we have naturally occurring in our stomach. And we obviously don't want it to be completely overpopulated. Some There is a healthy balance that we can have, but when it is too high, that can definitely create issues with reflux. And so H. pylori is something that um, postbiotics can be really helpful for talking about. I talked about postbiotics not that long ago, uh, probably just a few weeks ago when this podcast was released. So definitely go check that episode out too. What might cause breakouts after taking quality probiotics? So probiotics can be extremely helpful for rebalancing gut bacteria. And I like to use them in a lot of cases, even before using antimicrobials, because when you introduce really, really good spore-based probiotics, they can help to crowd out bad bacteria. And so sometimes when people might break out because of the fact that they're getting a slight die off of whatever bacteria might be coming back into balance, anytime you start something new or are supporting the the gut or detoxification, you always can run a risk of potentially having an issue with some type of a die-off reaction. In this case, it could be issues with a breakout, but I would say it shouldn't be lasting more than a few weeks. And in my experience, I've really noticed that introducing good quality probiotics just continues to help people with breakouts. There's actually a lot of research that spore-based bacteria or spore-based probiotics are very, very beneficial for those with acne. And maybe they, there's always a potential of it maybe flaring it whenever you start something new. But in my experience, I don't generally see that as much with the ones that I use. So I'm definitely curious what you're adding in. And maybe, maybe if there was any underlying dysbiosis or bacterial imbalance, it could be that die off of that bacteria that that's why you're noticing the breakout. Definitely a lot of factors in terms of any other symptoms that you're having, the how much you're adding them in, or um, what symptoms you had prior to adding them in. All of those things definitely can take into account for that as well. Uh, what are some over-the-counter remedies if suspecting parasites? So um, I use the Cellcore line for parasites. That is, in my opinion, just the best and most potent line that I use. Um, I mean, it's technically over the counter. You have to order it through a practitioner. You're not going to pick it up at like Rite Aid or Wegmans or, you know, Tops or any place like that. Um, you're not going to really find any parasitic, anti-parasitic stuff there. And I wouldn't recommend ever getting supplements or anything like that. But I mean, you can get them through a practitioner or, um, there's, there's, there are anti-parasitic tinctures and stuff on full script. I don't use those as much. I have had people use them and have had good success and you don't need to be working with a practitioner to get those. You just can go under a practitioner like myself's account and create a free account and then get a discount on all the different supplements and stuff there, including any type of anti-parasitic stuff. Um, 
And the nice thing about that is a lot of times these herbs are, it's not like something like an antibiotic where you would need to fully confirm if you have something like you would never go on an antibiotic if you don't know that you have a bacterial infection, even though so many people are put on them, even though they don't have a bacterial infection, it makes no sense because it's not going to do anything. Whereas a lot of the different antiparasitic herbs help to bring the gut back into balance regardless of what's going on. So that's our huge fan, a huge reason why I am a fan of a lot of those things. Pumpkin seeds can be good for, uh, parasites as well, but I mean, how many pumpkin seeds can you realistically eat to be able to see the results? I'm not quite sure. Best foods for bloating. Wow, that's a tough question because everybody's a little bit different, but some of my favorites are um, making sure that you're eating foods that are super easy to digest. So slow cooked meats. I love like a lot of crock pot meats and soups and things like that that are bone broth based because you're already kind of pre-digesting the food to make it even easier to digest. I love lots of warming herbs like ginger, cinnamon, um, what else was it? Gen uh, ginger, cinnamon, uh, utilizing things like bone broth, lemon juice, uh, or consuming lemons. Like I love lemon water. It's amazing, especially like warm lemon water in the morning with a little bit of salt. Great for bloating. Apple cider vinegar can be really good for helping to promote digestion. Fermented foods can be wonderful too, especially if you can tolerate them because they're generally super easy to digest and filled with lots of good probiotics. So those I'd say are kind of my top ones that I gravitate towards a lot. Question, uh, kind of dealing with H. pylori. I'm curious about H. pylori causes symptoms and does it need, what does this say? Eradicated all the time. Um, hmm. So I kind of talked a little bit about, I just kind of talked a little bit about H. pylori. It's, it's naturally occurring. Um, in terms of symptoms that people can get, it doesn't have to just be reflux. It can be um, stomach ulcers or kind of gastritis type pain, digestion pain, bad breath, acne can be a symptom of H. pylori, bloating. I mean, there's so many symptoms with gut stuff that definitely overlap for sure that can make it hard. And so that's definitely something that you can look at with a stool test. Uh, we can see that on any different stool. I run a few different stool tests and I can see those on all the different types, which is great. Um, this person also asked, why do they say your immune system is basically your gut? So that's because 80% of your immune system is found within your gut. Our gut makes a ton of, um, antibodies that, um, help our body fight infections. And so, especially when our gut lining is compromised, it leaves our body in a very vulnerable state and can heighten that immune response a little bit because the body's just trying to protect what's there. And so under healthy conditions, when your gut lining and everything is all healthy, there's no inflammation, your microbiome is constantly producing antibodies to help fight different types of infections and are so many different types of I mean, hormones and all that type of stuff are all made in your gut. But I'd say the biggest thing being the fact that your gut makes a lot of immunoglobulins, which um, you can, there's a lot of rage right now about that. And that's why colostrum is so amazing because it's very high in immunoglobulins. That's what's so beneficial with breast milk is because you're giving baby all of the immune fighting things that it absolutely needs, but it is the reason it's so immune fighting is because it's, it's working with things that are in your gut to help your body better fight whatever it is. So, I mean, they say the statistic is 70 to 80% of your gut, your immune system is in your gut, which I definitely makes sense. I mean, your gut is incredibly 
potent for producing a lot of immune protecting um, chemicals and antibodies and immunoglobulins and all these different types of things to help our body. And especially when we're taking good care of that gut lining. And that's why bone broth is so good for immunity too, because it heals and seals that gut lining. Um, it's filled with tons of different minerals. It helps. It's got tons of different amino acids that help to rebuild the gut. And so it's funny because instead of just thinking about, okay, what herbs do I take to kill a virus or a bacteria? A lot of my favorite immune support is more gut supporting things. So bone broth, um, colostrum is amazing too. collagen even because it helps to heal that gut lining. And so probiotics too, because I mean, probiotics are a whole other component that can help support immunity. So gosh, I mean, as you can see, like there's so many different factors on things that are within your gut that are helping to support it. That's why, um, you're making sure that you are giving your body plenty of probiotic rich foods. Maybe you're taking good probiotics. And when you do start doing that, you can notice a benefit with immunity. Everything, everything is so connected. It's really cool. Um, can a parasite cleanse resolve gut issues? Um, I don't believe in necessarily any quick fix, but I have seen it drastically improve many different GI symptoms. So right now we are in our parasite cleanse that I'm doing within my membership. We're doing it as a group right now, but whenever you join my membership, you can, you can always notice it. Um, so people are noticing, let's see, I'm going through the thing to see. Okay. This is from uh, Molly, who's in the group. My skin purged for about two weeks at the beginning. Yesterday, I had some unexplained anxiety, and today I started my cycle and also passed a bunch of stuff. Today was the first day I noticed things in my stool. Major takeaway is I had no PMS symptoms leading up to my cycle. Uh, Amanda said, aside from breakouts on my face, I've been feeling great. I'm usually chronically constipated, and since starting the protocol, I've been regular. It's a miracle. Jenna mentioned how great she's feeling overall. Um crazy the change in bowel movement and how much better I feel. So, I mean, it's, it's by no means, there's no such thing as a quick fix, but when you are clearing different pathogens or things that don't need to be there, it is amazing how many people notice better bowel movements or clearer skin. Sometimes of course your skin can purge a little bit at first, or you might notice a little bit of constipation when you're working through things, but when you get to the other side, it really does help to balance a lot of things. And I talk a lot about that within the parasite protocol course that's in the membership. And so, um, it just kind of helps you walk through different kind of ways that you can go about it and different kind of alternatives that you have. And so that is linked all in my membership. So, and I'm also coming out with a ton of different gut courses there. So I just did a gut skin access one that is posted in the gut health. I have a gut and metabolism one, how your microbiome affects your metabolism. And so just kind of back to the question of like immunity, your gut microbiome affects positive immunity. It affects your skin. It affects your metabolism and how you digest and utilize glucose. It affects your mood because of the gut brain access. It affects your energy levels. It, your microbiome truly is home based to a lot of different things. And so if you do anything, being able to limit inflammatory ingredients that can wreak havoc on the gut and support your gut with very nourishing nutrient-dense foods that help to not only feed the gut, good gut bacteria that's there, but also help to repopulate that gut bacteria and 
just minimize as much inflammation there as possible so that your gut can thrive. And that's why we need to think about food more than just calories and macros, because there's so much that goes into that. Whereas calories and macros don't do anything for your gut microbiome, absolutely nothing. And so when you think you have to think about things a little bit deeper, but especially because of the amazing systemic effect that your gut has on your body, it's not just staying in your gut, it's going to your skin, your mood, your energy level, your metabolism, your hormones, all those different types of things. And so if you get anything from that ep- this episode, hopefully it's how all these different things can be very connected. We talked a little bit about reflux, H. pylori, we um, some remedies that I like to use for those, how we can strengthen our stomach acid so we can better digest our food, how we can utilize probiotic-rich foods and all these different types of things to our benefit. So if there's any questions that you have or anything you'd like me to dive into a little bit deeper, I'd love for you to share it with me and you can just send me a message on Instagram. Or if you like, you can go to the podcast page on my website and you can always submit a topic that you would like to hear a little bit more about. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Woo! Jump, jump.